Eating healthy, living healthy, being healthy. This is the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast. A podcast focused on holistic wellness and teaching you about incorporating the keto diet and lifestyle changes to achieve an energetic balance. Teaching you how to live now so you don't struggle to live later. And now, your host, Jessica Ankaya. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Keto and Energetic Balance for You. This is Jessica. Today on the show, I have Dr. Allison Kay, who is an award-winning author in yoga and meditation teacher trained in India. She has over 20 years of experience in energy medicine, qigong, mind-body fitness, and longevity through Chinese and Ayurvedic health with a specialized focus on the chakra system. And she's been featured on NBC and USA Today. Conscious Life Expo, and she also had her own talk radio show for about two and a half years. Is that right? So, and she's written quite a few books. I actually have read one of her recent books, which is called A Vibrational Upgrade of Conspiracy for Your Bliss. And I'll put that link in the description below. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're also going to talk about other things too. Anything involving chakras today. So anyways, here she is. Hi, Dr. Allison. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm happy to be here with you. Let's get started. Um, What inspired you to work and teach in energetic medicine? Like what was the kicker for you to to do that, to get started initially? My first major in college was psychology because my mom had identified as a teen, Allison, you really have a natural understanding with people. Why don't you consider going into psychology? We're such good friends. She's so intuitive herself. It just felt right. So I did. And as I'm sitting there in my third semester, I was aware that I wasn't being shown how to be the most thriving, vibrant, joyous version of myself. I was instead being shown the hard wiring of the brain and how to apply psychology to industrial management and other capitalistic purposes, because psychology at that time was trying to prove itself as a hard science. So (laughs) from there on in, I, I switched majors, but from there on in, I was asking the question of that same question, how can I be the most thriving, happiest, joyous version of myself and us? So that started me on the pathway. Um, and just even, uh, so my first semester too, I took my first elective yoga, second elective was oh. personal training or weight training. And both of those, I now have you know professional certification in. So that's probably enough for now. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Yeah. We always want to know what inspires people to initially do something. So that's, that's great. So I read your book. Well, the one that I just held up a conspiracy bliss and you were talking about, well, let me help you. Vibrational upgrade is the name of the system that I've developed in that book is vibrational upgrade, a conspiracy for your bliss. Yes. And I'm talking yes. about being a conspiracy for your bliss because this is what the chakras show me that our mind, body, spirit systems are actually designed in a way that it's a conspiracy for our bliss if we were only learn how to work with them. That's right. And not all of us know how to work with them. We come in basically learning about it and we're kind of ignorant as to what the chakra system can really do for us, not only mentally, emotionally, and physically. So it's just such a fine balance. But when I was reading that book, you're talking about the ego mind and how A lot of us tend to live in this ego mind. And I just thought, wow, that is just so true. And I've also heard the term left brain. And I don't know, is that synonymous with ego mind? The left brain versus right brain? I think a lot of people in the West who are not 
as well versed as I am in the subtle energies. Frankly, it's an old, I consider it an old school way of referring to the ego mind. Ego mind is a term from meditation, and I've been meditating myself since 92 and teaching it actually since 93 worldwide students adults all cultures um, obviously both genders and so it's a term used to describe the nature of the way the mind works yet in the west we say the right brain is the creative intuitive the left brain is the logic intellect more and so I feel like that's the that's I have found myself recently talking with people saying that the intellect you could think of as the ego mind but I feel like that polarity do that duality isn't helpful for people to understand that it, that what we're really going for my third book the book I wrote after that one called reasonable dragons it has a reasonable dragons how to activate the field of possibilities where logical magic is the new normal so this one's on Audible, by the way, Reasonable Dragons. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I bring that up, though, because it's a way of like whole, it's not even whole brain consciousness. When we have balance between the left brain and the right brain, and it's approached in this way from the sacred or from the spiritual practices, like the yogic path that involves the work with the chakras, it becomes more like an integrated consciousness. So we're not even talking about the division between left brain and right brain anymore. It's more like what I see. I mean, I have a PhD, I'm highly logical, yet I see my logic infused with intuition. And so it, it, I, I operate from this higher order of logic, so to speak. So the two are working so synchronistically together. It's not a separation as much. Now, if you were to look at my brain, even the meditation studies of Dalai Lama, he used to have, and still does, has every other year summits with Western psychologists, psychiatrists, scientists. And the first measurement of meditation came out of that because there was a fellow from the University of uh, Wisconsin at Madison who was there at that summit. And they said, how do we measure this to show the West, the changes in the brain from meditating? The left brain and right brain duality is no longer functional in that it, we're really moving into an integration of both to get to a point of whole brain consciousness beyond the balance, mm -hmm. it's whole brain consciousness. And that was shown more in those studies that were done in meditation, that there's much more, there's actually, I talk about this very in a very detailed way in my first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong? There's actually something that opens in between the left brain and the right brain after about 20 minutes of meditation that they've studied and seen. And once that, I believe it's the anterior cingulate. Once that opens, there's more integration and cross-firing, so to speak, of the left and right brain. Hmm. So I feel like it's still a very left-brained way to approach understanding when we say the ego mind is left-brained. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's it's actually a conglomeration of both, really. You're a cooperation of both both hemispheres working together more so. Yeah, and an integration to take you to a higher level. So there's like a higher order, almost like it's magical logic or divine logic or a sense of a divine order or a higher order to your logic. Exactly. So I think a lot of us, I think a majority of us do live mostly left-brained <laughs> unless you know we have incorporated certain practices such as meditation or yoga. What do you feel like is something that our audience can do on a day-to-day -day basis to try to get what, or what I should say, what is most, what do you, do you think meditation is the most 
effective way to get out of that ego brain. Like that's something to do every day that someone should do 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes. Like what, what is your whole thought process on that? Well, I mean, it's varied because I know that I'm speaking to a lot of people like yourself, busy moms, right? And I'm a busy business owner of a six-figure business with a big staff, frankly, and uh, delivering all the content while I'm the CEO behind the scenes as well, right? So, I mean, it feels like a lot of the times, even in yoga studios, people are going for the vinyasa flow or the hot yoga. It's, it's still that act of doing. So I know I um, when I was teaching regularly in my weekly class for years yoga meditation i started it out with a 20 minute meditation then went into poses designed to open each chakra so i want to say to you the way to do it is meditation and it should be a 30 minute practice but i know that everybody's looking for the shortcuts so i've created somewhat of a speeding up i don't want to say it's a shortcut because i said after living in uh, asia for 10 years and being trained traditionally i'm in my very first energy medicine back in 97 was Yusui Reiki, and I'm only six removed from the founder. It's a very pure lineage in my Qigong lineage. I mean, I've learned living amongst the Chinese about tradition and about lineage and about honoring the ancient wisdom and the teachers that have gone before us and, and, and not trying to come in and, and, and shortcut it with that impatience or bullet list that we tend to have over here in the West. <laughs> but at the same time, I still ask, as an American, I still ask, in these new times we're in right now, is this still applicable? Like as I take my students through vibrational upgrade system practitioner training, I, and they say, can I do it this way? I check in every time to see, and there's some stuff that can be flexible and there's other stuff that it's still a steady, um, same as ancient days. So I say all of this because meditation, I've watched some of my practitioners who are going through my mastermind and let's say I've been working with them for a year and a half I remember very distinctly and I say this repeatedly but I remember the first time I really realized it Jessica it was a masterminder was showing me she had gotten quicker results she got about five years worth of results I took to get in meditation from about a year and a half of working with me in the system I've designed that's a combination of energy medicine and applied mindfulness once you have certain clearings and activations done on a certain chakra that may contain a block, then there's a clearing statement that I use to help bring it out of the unconscious and subconscious to the conscious mind so that you can increasingly take over with applied mindfulness. Now you're aware, you're mindful of that pattern that had been, uh, you've been entrenched in and making choices from without even consciously knowing it. So let me give an example. If you are, so it speeds up. The bottom line is that what you can do is, is get on my website and buy the chakra series. Frankly, it will speed everything up. I know that there is a desire to get on YouTube and listen to five minutes of a sound bowl healing for a chakra. And that's sweet. And that might be at the level of like a momentary balancing. Mm -hmm. But from my understanding, in order to get yourself purified of the old, and elevate your consciousness in a quicker way than the meditation alone would turn out. And I say this with very much humility and hesitation because it's such a big thing to say that I, I've seen a way to help speed up the results of meditation. But I, as a steady meditator, I'm saying that. So I have engaged in the practice. 
so if you're spinny a lot and it's not because you have a lot to do or you're a busy mom or you're a busy business owner or a busy dad or a busy employee or CEO, but you may add to the sense of spinniness ungrounded in your head a lot that you can observe you tend to be tripping or you tend to be clumsy or you really perceive negative energy and you say things sometimes out of your mouth like that person triggers me, I hate being around that person or when you leave a certain interaction with that same person, you notice that you're more tired where you feel like you may absorb, you may even say, I absorb other people's energy. So the third chakra is the upper belly. It's the solar plexus chakra. And our clear sentient machinery is in that solar plexus, meaning each chakra is the intersection of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And we have seven major ones that go down our spinal column. One's at the top of the head, one's in between the eyebrows, one's at the throat, one's at the heart, one's at the upper belly, one's at the lower belly, sacral beneath the navel by an inch and a half, and the last, the root, is at the tailbone. Each one governs a part of the body, each one governs a certain domain in life. And so the third one is considered as your right to desire what you desire. Right. And in that chakra, it, we use that power that's in there because it's considered the power center to manifest what we desire in our lives. But if the sacral chakra beneath it, which is your right to feel the way you feel, you don't even feel like you have the right to feel the way you feel, you're not going to then let yourself feel that you have the right to desire what you desire because you don't even feel like you have the right to feel what you feel, never mind your desires. It affects the third chakra too. Yeah, yeah but I don't want to overstate that because I've, I've seen a lot of beginners think that the chakras have to get stacked above each other. So once I heal the root, I can go to the, it just doesn't work that way. It's totally interactive because if you think of each chakra, chakra means wheel. So in Sanskrit to English, so it turns that vital life force energy or that chi or the prana out in that region of the body and in that domain of life at the at mind and spirit level. So I'm able to access all levels of the consciousness. So we're making our daily choices typically from our unconscious about 90-ish percent of our daily choices aren't even conscious. We're just doing it robotically, and that's our unconscious, mostly. Or we can have unconscious beliefs that we formed as a child, that this is the way I have to be in order to get love, or this is what I have to do in order to be considered a good girl or a good boy. Right. Or, so things like be seen but not heard, or be pretty like a little doll. That's what you're here for. And then at the subconscious level, that's where traumas go. Mm. So we have subconscious, unconscious, and conscious mind. And those three combine together to be the mind part of the mind, the body, and the spirit. At the spirit level, I can access past lives and I can access karma. It's not simple. It's not quick. Karma is, a is you know, the saying karma is a bitch. I mean, it really is persnickety. Excuse my language, but it really is persnickety to Claire. And I had to spend tens of thousands of dollars of years to learn how to do it. Yeah. But then there's also there is. you can experience probably karma from past lives. People can, you know, past lives. I said, yeah, it's also past life. No, no worries. It's, you're making the connection. It's better. It comes from past lives too. So that's how I can access the past lives element is going into the spirit component. So if a chakra is a wheel and it's the intersection of the mind, at all levels of consciousness, the body. So the endocrine system, like the thyroid is here at the fifth chakra all the glands of the endocrine system each are connected with the chakra 
than the central nervous system. The biggest gathering of neuroreceptors from the brain messages are along where each chakra is. So that's both our, com our communication centers, the electrical one, central nervous system, the hormonal one or chemical one, endocrine, and then that area of the body. So let's bring it down now to back to the solar plexus. So one last thing, if these are urban centers and then you have a bunch of highways and interstates and side roads that lead into the urban center, those are the meridians, as we say in traditional Chinese medicine, or those are the nadis, as it's called in yoga, that the energy then travels along if the chakra is open. If it's blocked, it doesn't travel along. So that area becomes tight, that gland doesn't get flushed with vital life force energy. Those aspects of your spirit, those aspects of your consciousness, those aspects of your life are more blocked. Mm. Right. And that's why over a long period of time, when you have a certain chakra block, I mean, there's certain types of emotions that go along with that. Yes. And, and it's like, okay, you're having these emotions. Well, this chakra is blocked. And so we have to open that chakra. And then after a long period of time, those emotions that'll manifest into disease if left for a long period of time, but how long, I mean, <laughs> How long do I have to think like this before it becomes a problem? <laughs> we don't even want to ask that question. Yeah, so let's work with that question. It's fantastic. I know that in Chinese medicine, Jessica, the traditional Chinese medical tenet is where qi goes or that energy, vital life force energy goes, blood follows. That's why acupuncture stick needles in your knee when you're coming in for neck pain or mm -hmm. liver because of the interconnection from the chakras, they don't acknowledge the chakras in traditional Chinese medicine, but because of the interconnectedness with all the meridians in a person's body, that's why they'll go somewhere else rather than where the physical thing is that you're actually going to them for. So where energy goes, where chi goes, blood follows. So what they're saying is the physical follows energy. Mm. It matches quantum physics where it's everything's a wave at the subatomic level and it collapses into a particle, once you either have a really strong, almost traumatic emotion, like in a past life, a typical one I clear a lot of the times with people, you had, let's say you had a lot of money and you lost it and it was a traumatic loss, like somebody came at you and betrayed you and you were really hurt and you screamed out in pain and suffering to like on the beach or on the side of the road or on the mountaintop, I'll never have this much money again. Look at all the trouble it leads me to. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, that locks into place. So that's considered a vow and it gets carried over and then you could have money blocks in this lifetime. It really does work this way. Right, um, oh yeah, so yeah. Okay, so why am I, how long do you have to think about it? So unless it's that kind of strong emotional, you don't collapse the wave into a particle and it doesn't become physicalized. If you think of a thought here and there, it's not gonna have as easy time collapsing the wave into a particle or, or into the physical. But if it's a repeated thought, repeated thought. over years, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not even one you can hear, especially, which is why we'd wanna purify it's another word to apply here. We're purifying our consciousness, getting rid of the density so that the block doesn't come out and bite us in the ass, frankly, in our mid forties. Because what I see too, is a lot of the times karma starts to hit people and there comes, it could be considered the midlife crisis, but there seems to be this pattern of we're on planet earth. 
for at least 30 years in our bodies. We have enough time to get our, our footing and get our lives moving in a certain direction. And then there seems to be a certain point that people hit where either they have to become new and live in the present and take care of their stuff, or if they don't, it manifests later and it could possibly be disease. And what I see a lot of the times that people need is if they're not working on the purification of the ego mind, whether it's through the clearings like I'm talking about, or it's through meditation, or it's through other ways that I'm not sure of right now, like steady yoga postures without any kind of sacred practice isn't going to get it. Even though all of yoga is designed to open up chakras, every single pose you're in, sure. opening up a chakra. I don't know that if you had like a, like when I was trained in Ashtanga yoga in India, it was a, a ridiculously intensive training and I was doing four hours a day of Ashtanga series A, Ashtanga series B. If you lived that life, then maybe you would be purifying enough. But I mean, a typical Westerner going to a yoga studio <laughs> and taking like an asana class for an hour isn't going to get it. I'm sure it's better than nothing, but, but you're right. It's like you have to really have that intention and hold that intention. So and I'm sure if someone, if they continue to have a block and they feel like they have a block and they're lacking energy or they develop like, you know, other symptoms, then they would probably, okay, you know what? The meditation is not working. The yoga is not working. I need to see a practitioner, like a, like someone like yourself or Reiki practitioner. So I guess that's when you would know at that point, if you're not, it just depends on how you're feeling. I mean, you can, I have people, I had people, let me help you. I had people come in and uh, say, I feel like I have this gray cloud around me. I feel like I'm not. Mm. And so uh -huh. even that perception is when people have come to work with me to uh -huh. get, get cleared their consciousness and their energy within the chakras. And so one of the most right. responses I hear from people after even the first session, but I, I train my practitioners to expect it after the third, is you have more energy. Is that correct? Yes, says the client. Do you notice that you're sleeping better? Yes, as the client. So this is me training a person on how to monitor the effects of subtle energy changes because we're so focused on the tangible physical world that I typically have to train somebody on what to look for for the changes internally as they start to build because we're building a momentum away from the old. One subtle energy shift and another subtle energy shift and another subtle energy shift eventually accumulates into a much bigger shift, whether that be in the physical or it be in the emotional, or it be in the mental, or it be in the spiritual. But that's what I'm up to, is one shift after another shift after another shift accumulated, bam, then you become like at a new level. Explode, yeah, like with creativity or whatever it is that you have blocked at that period. <laughs> yeah, so a, a better appetite, desiring to eat cleaner foods, less triggered, more peaceful. Um, all of these are typical outcomes in the beginning, very beginning of doing this work. So then that all just increases. And so usually I end up clearing some, there's a term in yoga called sam, uh, samskaras. I talk about this in my, I think I talked about it in the book you just finished reading, most, in my most recent book, The Dragon Master Creator. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Quite extensively. And it's called samskara. And this is on Amazon. This is on Amazon. Okay. It's The Dragon Master Creatrix. And in that book, I talk about samskaras, which is a Sanskrit term talking about how each of us are born as a soul into a body with about two, maybe three core patterns in our behavior, in our personality. That's how we see it. That's how it shows up. But it's actually in our soul that we have. And, and, and you can take this or leave this. But on, in some way, I don't know, I, of course, but 
what I sense is in some way, shape or form, some assessment of us at a soul level before we incarnate in a body occurs. And we look at what we still need to learn as a soul. And we then have two or three major themes in our lives. And then the people we need to step up in unconditional love and say, I'll play that jerk father. I'll play that great husband, you know, to catalyze these dramas further to peak, then we incarnate. And so we are each born with like two or three samskaras that are basic points our soul is meant to evolve beyond in that lifetime. Right. So I, that's the work I do day in and day out. If somebody allows me to, if somebody says yes long enough and working with me to be able to get to that. Now, that's somebody who hasn't really worked on themselves a lot, but somebody who has, I'm like kind of the anchor woman. Like, like I have so many people throughout the years that say I have worked on this issue and I've never been able to get it to shift and I'm the one who does it. So you can go from using subtle energy medicine, energy medicine sessions for improved um, lightheartedness, improved sense of well-being, all the way to a physical issue. Like I used to work with uh, cancer and tumors and growths and chronic pain, and I don't anymore because it's not fun for me. I have to do so much more to break down something. Oh, else. yeah. Yeah, that's physical. Yeah, I tend to say ingrained. Those thoughts are ingrained when you develop a cancer. It's like, okay, it's it's in there, <laughs> stuck in there. You want to catch it earlier. That's why we work with subtle energy yeah. yep. and all the ways I've been talking about because that prevents that from happening. Like preventative health 501. Yeah, it just all goes down to the chakra balance. And if you can keep your chakras in balance, I mean, that might be and get rid of those thoughts. That might be even more important. Well, you have to tell me is it, probably just as important as eating healthy or exercise or <laughs> it, yeah i'm certified as a personal trainer i have certification in fitness nutrition mm -hmm. i have herbalism and longevity um, training and so i i do all of it i do sessions on yeah so yes to the bottom line answer it, it, and i see even like people will approach it even the dieting from the physical perspective as a personal trainer saying this where it's i will typically see people when they first come into my signature program magic manifestation and money flow they either drop weight or they blow up because they're they're getting bigger before they release what has caused them to be dense and heavy even if they so if it's five pounds or that they increase or they drop weight what happens is that your body wants to out of receiving light that has a divine intelligence for your highest and best innately wired within it so the more you receive that light, the more you have flooding through you a vibration or a collection of frequencies that's going for your highest and best good, which means you're going to have your body reset weight wise. You're going to have your food choices change and get more purified. So I don't want you to think that it's just balancing the chakras. It's, it's because they will only get balanced once you've cleared the old stuff out of them relevant to each chakra. Most people have like one or two core chakras that are their challenge, but they're clear of these old blockages and they're circulating the chi or the life force, then there's a vortex that comes out from the front in the back of it. And that vortex creates your overall field. And then it's that field that then sings out to the universe. For those of you who work with law of attraction and why the law of attraction, why the universe will bring something back in. So if you're wanting, like, this is what I do more of nowadays, instead of dematerializing matter, I'm bringing De unmaterialized stuff into matter. Mm. I'm guiding people through that or the manifestation process, if you will. So there's this field of unlimited possibilities. And again, I talk about that a lot in my 
Reasonable Dragons book, that when your field is more purified and, a high, and thus a higher vibration, and it's overall emanating out possibilities instead of problem and, and struggle, then the universe unlimited field of the Tao or support or love without interpretation, just naturally harmonically re responds with a match to that. So there's many reasons why to work with your subtle energy and it's beyond what the common conception is, especially in America of why you would. It's beyond balancing it. There's just so much potential that can be accessed is the bottom line. Right. There is, there is. And a lot of times it's like when I bring up chakras, people are like, Oh, what is, what is that? That's hokey. Is that, <laughs> where, where did you learn that? And, you know, and, and it's like, not everybody knows about them and they don't realize how important it is to have that energetic balance. And so, and, and that's precisely why I created the blog because I wanted to relay to other people what I had found out. And so anyway, it, it's just, it's, completely overlooked but anyway <laughs> and that's entirely my mission i came back from the decade in asia um, mm -hmm. at that point 20 plus years doing energy medicine holistic health sessions yeah. meditations with my mission being we would have less suffering in the west if people understood the subtle energy system and consciousness and worked with it right right exactly so let's talk about a little bit a little bit about ascension so yeah I, I always think this is a very, I, I love this topic because I think right now we're kind of entering into the age of Aquarius and well, we want to go into 5D. So what do you think, do, what do you think the relationship between the chakra system and ascension are? Like, is, do you find that there's a correlation there? I mean, do you think that having good open chakras would prepare you more for that process or what what are your thoughts on that so what i just described that process of having them open and emanating out is what the vortices they're meant to be in your overall field is much higher from the, all that purification and clearing that is the ascension process itself that is how you go, that's how you go from 3d to 4d to 5d it's not like it's it's um three three four d's right here you just have to have your perception opened enough, meaning your consciousness purified enough to be able to be given the power to see more and to handle seeing more and feeling more. Mm. I had a radio show, as you mentioned, for two and a half years, and I unexpectedly had Voice America reach out to me and ask me, do you want to do a, we want you to be a host of a show focused on the Mayan galactic alignment. They approached me my year, the first year back after coming back from Asia. I said, I'm not doing anything in my business whatsoever with this. Okay, right. let me get back to you in, 20, in 48 hours with that. I'll think about it over the weekend. I tuned into my intuition. It was a really strong yes. So I said, yes. I proceeded to interview not only the scientists I quoted in my first book, um, What If There's Nothing Wrong, but also scientists and specialists about the Mayan galactic alignment. So the Mayans understood it's a, a end of a, a Bhaktan and era in 2012. And it's a 20 year window from 2012 to 2032. You quoted the astro astrological shift from Aquarius, from Pisces into Aquarius. Yogi Bhajan, uh, in the yogic world, it's the end of one yuga and the beginning of another yuga. So there are multiple traditions that are talking and identifying that we are in the completion of an old stage and not yet fully materializing the new era. So from 2012 to 2032, it seems like up until COVID, all of that was about crumbling and clearing and people waking up and looking into some of the spiritual mm -hmm. stuff more 
and we kind of stepping out of the COVID times and all that that brought in, now it seems like we're gonna be more into the building and the creating of what's going to become the new era, the new paradigm. So it's a really intense time to be on planet earth right now. And if you, oh, yeah. can, if you can get yourself in tune with your soul, with your subtle energy system and get it clarified, get it, get it, get yourself more, not just grounded in the root chakra, but that sense of needing to ground is because so much is destabilizing because of all of that change. But it's also, as I started to say in the beginning, and I want to help you with this. Um, if you're clear sentient, if you're picking up other people's energies, in the third chakra, then you're going to be more spun. So there's beliefs sometimes or frequently that I clear out at an unconscious and subconscious level from the root. The roots chakra is your right to be here. And if you were in the womb and your mom had some hesitancy or even trauma while you're in the womb, you would have absorbed that. So you would be less grounded because the spinal column and the root chakra are the first thing to form while you're in utero. So if you don't feel like you have inherently the right to be here, or you were rejected, or one of the parents left, or there was neglect, all of that goes into permanent, until we do the kind of work I've been talking about, permanently blocking the root chakra. So money, yes, is somewhat related to the root chakra, but a sense of being down in your body instead of supremely heady, or using your intellect to solve everything and figure stuff out, and feeling like you just, this collection of thoughts, as opposed to being in touch with your body, all of those are outcomes of some of the things I just listed that make your root chakra become blocked, neglect, uh, abandonment, rejection, or anxiety or worry while your mom is having you in utero or even trauma. So then it, let's just build on this. If you are feeling like you don't have the right to be here at a deeply unconscious level, you'd never say that out loud. You might deal with issues of rejection as a teen and then you see it in your 20s and then you see it continue in your 30s. You're walking around wanting to be accepted but expecting rejection. What then at the beginning days, as your ages, as we're ages zero to eight, in particular two to eight, and trying to figure out how to do life, what might get wired in then is if I don't have the right to be here, therefore I need to earn it. And so you'd use your third chakra, the solar plexus chakra, with the clairsentient stuff in it or equipment in it. You then absorb negative energy in an environment as if to give yourself the right to belong or be there. So that's an example of the deeply unconscious patterning that gets wired into certain chakras that a uh, gilded class or crystal bowl session isn't going to get to. There's deep inner work to do, but that if you didn't get to it, so at, if you are those two things that I've just described, you might be overweight. You might be, like I said, in your head more heavily relying on the intellect. You might get, you might have multiple degrees and multiple certifications and still not be using them in a successful moving forward way. You might have digestive issues. You might have gastric upset. You might burp a lot. You might have um, acid reflux. You might be very anxious. All of those are symptoms from the, when the third chakra has blockages. That's what happens. Anxiousness um, and the things that I just listed. So there's so much more. I mean, energy is our first language, not Chinese, not Spanish, not French. And it is the undercurrent to all of life and it's how we're able to be here. So by not paying attention to it, and for the people who might say the chakra is a hokey, that's ignorant in my view. Yeah. And over half of the rest of the world understands that energy trumps matter. And there is an entire okay. 5,000 year old system dedicated to the chakras, eight limbs in yoga. Five of them are about working with the mind. Only one is about the body postures. Come on, man. Right. So 
I had an interviewer in 2012-ish say to me something along those lines, and he said, isn't that all just woo-woo? And I responded with him the way I just said to you. So you could use that if you want when people say it to you. When people have said that, I've kind of talked them out of that mode of thinking by explaining the rationale. And then after they learn that, then people seem to, most people seem to kind of revert that way of thinking and it's worked so far. So, yeah. The line is I feel like working with the chakras in your consciousness and purifying it automatically raises your vibration. And by raising your vibration and, and elevating your consciousness automatically is the process to ascension. It is. And kind of talking about past life regression, how do you get people out of that past life regression? Do you do hypnosis? Because obviously if someone has a ingrained thought and it's past life related, it's like, it's not going to clear. No, it doesn't uh, be very hard here. Do you have to do hypnosis first? And then you work through this? I don't do hypnosis for whatever reasons I am blessed. I believe I've done this many lifetimes before. And in this lifetime, I've just learned how to allow this to come forward even more naturally and then cultivate with practices how to bring it forward more naturally and then at this stage i'm like a flute a finely tuned instrument because i've used my system this way for so long and clearing people and my intuition is so strong and so i'm able to see and so i just go in with i don't mean to say just because it's huge what you're saying you know do you need to use this tool of hypnosis or how do you do it i teach my vibration upgrade practitioners to do it as well there's a, a way to invoke dealing with past lives to supersede the time and space continuum. And then when you're there, there's a way to then have, if you know, you're, you're geared towards serving the person in front of you, you're gonna be brought, for, and they're in agreement, obviously, because they're paying you. They're going to allow the information to be brought forward, which we're gonna perceive intuitively, and then run a clearing statement, run a clearing, moving the energy out of that trauma so usually in an activation for the positive. So there is a way to do it without hypnosis. Right. The clearings and activations for my energy medicine system. And you get that even if you buy my chakra series, you go to my website. I mean, those past life clearings are in there. So it's like you can listen to chakra attunement audio series over and over again. People still do. They bought them like seven years ago. I use them every single day in my magic manifestation and money flow group. And people get riveted. You get physical body pain. They get, not you, but the people report like their legs hurting or you're having less energy when their root chakra is clearing. Then when their heart chakra is clearing, they're like more frustrated and they're getting irritable. Mm -hmm. And so all the block stuff coming out. And I'm always saying, celebrate the gunk as it's coming out while you're in this clearing process. So you can, yeah, you can start there with the chakra two and audio series and then loosen it all up and get a heck of a lot cleared and then repeat the repeatedly listening if you want that kind of at-home thing without my guidance. But my magic manifestation and money flow program is the way to enter into possibly even being trained to do this yourself. So I wanna say that you can't do this unless you've already purified yourself enough. Myself doing a lot of the time is helping my students get over the hesitation of, am I making this up with the first dipping in of their intuition when they're a practitioner and yeah. helping them discern very clearly the difference of what mm -hmm. service guidance on behalf of the person in front of you, the sacred being in front of you, it feels like, versus you looking to be a really successful practitioner. So you come up with all this stuff that you think they're expecting to hear because people are doing that. There's a way to train people in this and it, it's not that complicated, but there are stages in the process so that you can be given having that light come to you more and shown how to use it 
to have that power is a huge honor and have to have certain levels of clearing. Like I have seen some of people who have started with an energy medicine out there as a system and they end up, I don't want to say this because it's going to give the wrong impression and I don't want to worry people. But if you've started doing some kind of energy medicine system, you've started, you've gotten treatments at some point or you've learned the system yourself and you're no longer doing anything with it and you're feeling uncomfortable, get back into doing it because it's almost like once you, you have to, you have to continue the clearing process. The starting and stopping causes a lot more suffering. Oh yeah, no, I can definitely see that. What are your thoughts about fasting and clearing chakras? or like meditation, do you think that it helps to take on a fast? Do you recommend, because they say when you're fasting, you're in that ketosis state that's more optimal for your brain. And then you look at monks too, you know, and they fast and they meditate. So you think, man, there's gotta be something to that. What are your thoughts? So in wrapping this up, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, we have to, there's so many good, Good question. There's so many questions that I want to ask you. It's just, it's, I feel. That's why I'm a suggest this book. I go into answering a lot of questions, the dragon master creatrix, but there's also working with me where I, you can do this. You can just ask these kinds of questions. And so many people nowadays hungry, especially podcast hosts. Working with you is that I would be interested. Like what, what would that entail? So the way to access me where you're going to get the most profound results, the quickest in all areas of your life is in my signature program, magic manifestation and money flow. Okay. You would have the chakra series given to you as a part of coming into that program. So on my, on my, I can give you the link so you can give it to other people. I have two of my trained vibration upgrade practitioners who do energy scans on you in a call, a free call. And you, you come on likely with knowing where you're blocked um, and where you, or where you want help with, but they also look into beyond that. And then what other potential wants to be released from behind and beyond that struggle or issue you're coming on with. And then if it's a fit for you to work with me, you're invited in to work with me. Um, and so it's a four-figure investment at any level of working with me, other than activate your magic or the products on my website. So in Magic Manifestation of Money Flow, that is where I then invite people in to work with me in the mastermind level. And that's where the trainings happen. But you can, in magic manifestation of money flow, as you're clearing yourself day in and day out, because once you enter, you're given 14 free gifts, 13 of which are focused on money, clearing your blocks around not having enough money and all of that. But the main modules of the program weekly and all of the chakras are focused on everything else I've been talking about. So magic manifestation of money flow, if you're in the flow or think of that as alignment, then you can manifest as if by magic and that includes money. So there's a Facebook group in there that you're able to access me and ask these kinds of questions. I'll ask Dr. Austin, what do you think about fasting? And you just keep asking these questions that I see so many podcast hosts just wanting to fire away at me and so many people doing, using me that way. And they, they come into my programs and I'm able to deliver more. It's both sides. Yeah. So I, I do intermittent fasting myself. Me too. It's good. Uh, it is. And, but, but it's not good for some people. Like I, Right. So it's not good for everybody. I don't know many monks who have lived to age 200. I don't want to let that be out there that if you meditate, you're going to like, I don't care. Sure. Right. Have the conclusion at the stage into the game. Right. You know, but you, and if you do, <laughs> really stop reading, whatever you're reading, <laughs> um, it's, it's like, 
the digestive system being put on pause by fasting does give lead to longevity. That's the premise behind intermittent fasting. You're asking about it with applied within the spiritual context. So all the spiritual work we're talking about within the subtle energy system and consciousness, it isn't done in caves or ashrams anymore. It's done in our, in our daily lives where we have a six and seven year old right outside our door waiting to come to oh, us. Yeah. So we have a busy business waiting, um, the people waiting to ask questions and emails to be answered. So in that busyness, you need more wherewithal and presence. So I don't feel like fasting, you can go through the process of clearing like I'm talking about without fasting. If you are able to pull yourself up and out of your life and go to like a yoga teacher, even during my yoga teacher training, I had to exert so many calories a day. I had to make sure I was eating robustly because I was drenched in sweat all, mor all day, morning and night. So if you're going to go sit and meditate in a cave or at an ashram intentionally, sure, fast then, but they have great food at ashrams. So I guess what you're hearing come out of me is use fasting very carefully. One of the things that I know I used to use, and I still do, not much anymore really though, the master cleanse, that's also known as a lemonade diet. You're still getting enough carbohydrates to feed your brain and enough protein so you can function in your daily life. Like I did that a lot during my master's program and so I was still able to function. I, that's why I bring that up. So that one's, that one's okay. Yeah, there's my answer. Okay, yeah, that's great. That's a good answer. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, you're you're right about fasting. The reason why I brought that up is, well, some references will say for the crown chakra to become actualized is it helps to fast, to kind of connect with that higher reality. That's what I when done when done at the right. Side. Yeah, that's why I brought that up. I was just thinking about that, and it's so without fasting, that's the point. So what you're looking at are some of the older techniques written about and talked about before mm -hmm. everything we're about nowadays on planet Earth is integrating the material and the spiritual so that 5D is accessible and lived from while we're in this 3D body. Mm -hmm. So it's a different sure. So some of the tools aren't as applicable as they once were. Sure. I see. Yeah, it's the art of it so much, not so much what you find in the books. I mean, anyways, with with a lot of things anyway. So it's the art of, it seems like art. Yeah. Your heart. If, if, if something is a yes, you feel uplifted, you feel excited, you feel enthusiastic, you feel hopeful. If something is down or heavy or like a energy. So, I mean, check in with your own guidance. I think you can tell when you're on the right track. And, and I know that. I've been able to tell when my chakras are aligned and I can tell when I'm off. I've learned, I've kind of learned the different symptoms for each of them. Excellent. So, yeah. So, and I need to tune up here and there. So we all do, <laughs> not all of us, but you know, anyways, so it was, I think that's about it. I think we're pressed on time here. So it's so great talking to you and learning about this, this is so interesting. And I'm going to look into purchasing your other books. So, okay. Anything else you, you want to add? Yeah, question your thoughts. And there's this whole system in meditation of redirecting your thoughts. So like if you have some kind of that acts as a <laughs> I love that. Right? Yeah, to help you sh just create new neurological pathways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Behaviors. Yeah, I mean, by questioning your thoughts, you're stopping a typical path from having more momentum.
and pulling it off and creating a new momentum by mm. asking, is that even true? When I say question your thoughts, ask a thought that's complaining, your ego mind's whining about something. Well, is that even true? Because I'll tell you what, I should have a t-shirt. Another podcast host uh, told me this in response to when I said, I say so much of the time, the mind interprets things the exact opposite of what the soul of the universe means. So if your ego mind's off whining and complaining about something or resisting something or judging something, well, is that even true? Pulls it off of going down that same old route and creates a new neurological pathway for you to open to new information and, and new life. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Negativity creates acidosis. Negative brain thoughts creates acidosis in the body and bad chakra alignment and just all kinds of nasty stuff. <laughs> sure is. So well, it was so nice talking to you. Such a pleasure, Allison. And we'll do this again. <laughs> all right. Take care. This has been the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya. Follow the Holistic Keto Goddess on social media like Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have any questions about today's show or how you can live a healthier life, visit HolisticKetoGoddess.com and go more in-depth with blogs and healthy living resources. Like, share, subscribe, and listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya.